The following is rated S for spoilers. First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and and you build a following. It takes a lot of time, and I've been working on it for a while. Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Hangover. My name is Alex, and today I am joined by a special guest. Hey, uh, I'm Nate. How's it going? He's Nate, I'm Alex, and today we're talking about Bodies, 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 yeah. uh, the newest film from A24. Nate, how's it going? I'm doing great. Uh, we went to the movie last night, and it was fantastic. Thanks again for the invite. Of course, of course. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little more about why, why I invite you on next segment. We're going to get a little little sure. deeper into that, but uh, let's just kick it off. I'm like, what, what were your thoughts on Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? I thought it was an incredibly well-paced movie that ended up being hilarious mm-hmm. um there were parts that i was like oh man this is like crazy kind of like weird nerve-wracking and the whole time i was trying to figure out who the killer was mm-hmm. and then just little spurts of comedy mixed in perfectly i know we've we've talked a little bit about anime i know i'm more of an anime guy than you are mm-hmm. so like the uh sprinkling in of uh humor really reminded me of full metal alchemist brotherhood and okay. so for me i think that was a great pacing for yeah. that movie, and then just as an altogether thing, I would definitely go see it again. Mm-hmm. Totally, uh, yeah. It's it's got a, it's a great it's got a lot of rewatchability to it. Oh, yeah, uh, I I agree. I think I think the worst part about this movie, sure, uh, is the trailers. I think <laughs> yeah. I think the trailers are going to kill this movie because it's just when you watch it, you think it's going to be some like I don't know some slasher team mm-hmm. like a scream or something yeah and that is not at all what this is it's no. more of like a, a satirical whodunit for real though i you i i was asking you that on our way up to the theater mm-hmm. and you told me that and i was like oh okay <laughs> how's that gonna happen i've are, seen these trailers too are you sure about that did you watch <laughs> the same thing yeah i don't know it's it was a it was extremely unique it, it, i think i don't know i, I want to call it unique it's an ex- in a unique way to do something that's been done a hundred times. Like this right. is like a modern day Agatha Christie, like just it's literally, and then there were none. Like just everyone just starts killing each other. Yeah, no. The only difference was no one actually orchestrated it. It was just everyone started freaking out and murdering yeah. each other. No, so it's it's great because so the movie's named Bodies, Bodies, Bodies for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've never played I've never played that game, okay. but you said you have. I had. Uh, so senior year of high school, we played it in the, the big auditorium that was on the uh, university's campus of the town that I lived in, mm-hmm. and it was wild. Uh, the snowballing of, like, people accusing each other is very real in that game. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad we saw that kind of a representation within the movie. Yeah, I think that even makes it. Because when I was watching it, not having that experience, I was like, okay, it's called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And so, sure, I guess this kind of makes sense. Like, the game didn't actually seem to really matter in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But when, I guess when you actually have that experience, it just makes that idea so much more brilliant. Yes. Because, like, yeah, that seems to be pretty accurate. It's even games I play that are similar where, like, Real world things that have nothing to do with anything you're playing just exactly. start to soak seep in, and all of a sudden everyone hates each other mm-hmm. over nothing. <laughs> it's great. I, I think I might have mentioned this to you 
um, when we were talking yesterday about the movie, but the way that uh, people die, by the way, people die in this movie. In a uh, movie called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I know, right? <laughs> so when people start, like, when the bodies start piling up, but um, it, it's funny because the way the movie, like, goes, it almost plays like the game mm-hmm. is done. So, like, there's a dead body. Well, somebody had to do it. We get rid of this person in some sort of shape or form. Mm-hmm. And then another body shows up. Well, it wasn't that person. It has to be you now. Mm-hmm. And that's when the Agatha Christie and uh, events outside of the game start taking place and making a difference within the game, which is hilarious to watch. Yes. Yeah, it was it, it was a very clever whodunit. Like, I I was positive it was a Manless Stanberg's character. Yeah. Like, I was, I was just... The, 10 minutes in, I said, it's her. She did it. I, I'm called it now, and all the signs were there until the very end, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Each character had the perfect red herring mm-hmm. when it was their time to go, and it was sure. great. I feel like except for uh, except for uh, Maria Bakalova's character, like the, the main blonde mm. girlfriend, I feel like... So I think if I caught it, like she'd been lying about her job the, for the Yeah, like she'd been lying months. about some stuff, but like we... We we watched the first we watched Pete Davidson's murder from her perspective. Right. So like we we actually we know that she didn't do the first one, right? But she did do the second one. So it's yeah. kind of like I don't know. I think that's that's the distrust that her uh, f- friends lose sure. term lose term <laughs> there. Uh, I think that's what kind of set them off to get her, rid of her within mm-hmm. the next quote unquote round, right? Of the movie, if you will. I don't know. Yeah, it's like game reference that I was telling you about. Yes, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I don't know. Speaking of actors and people who are involved, uh, this movie is starring Amanda Stanberg, Maria Bakalova, Rachel Senat, Chase Sue Wonders, Pete Davison, Mahala Harold, and Lee Pace. Let me just say, this movie would not work without this incredible cast. It's really good. Uh, it, Everyone had incredible performances, believable performances. Um, I think the standout for me was uh, Rachel Sennett, who played uh, the girl with the podcast. There's there, there there's just too many characters to like think remember all their actual names because it's there was a lot. It's very quick. Yes, but the, the girl with the podcast I thought was just phenomenal. She was hysterical the entire time. Yeah, and like I don't know, it was just I I can't imagine what it's like to be on this. I can't imagine what it's like to do these scenes where they're being totally serious, but me and you are both laughing hysterically. So great. like it just the commentaries on real life that they were just going through was, I don't know. There's the, the acting as a whole is just incredible. I think they really nailed it. It's like, they almost like went out and played bodies, bodies, bodies with the like actors and actresses who are like mm-hmm. trying out for it because they literally picked and choose like the best, like, personalities that you would find while playing a game like yeah there, there was a pete davidson's character there's the quiet one there's the one who's loud and like trying to throw it off on somebody else there's mm-hmm. the one who's like well it's you and if it's not you then it's you mm-hmm. so yeah no for sure i thought the acting was incredible um the other thing that i that really stood out to me was the cinematography which i was not expecting from a movie like this we've talked a lot about lighting in the past for mm-hmm. movies and like framing and lighting are like my two favorite things within movies mm-hmm. and the lighting in this one mm. yes it was just it was 
unbelievable. Like, and to be honest, if if this took place in like a, a a house with power and the lights on, yeah, I wouldn't be saying the same things. Like it, no. it, it was extremely simple, but it it's an, the most basic element of of cameras is you have to have lighting, and yeah. if the lighting's bad, then your shot's going to be bad. Uh, and the way that they were able to manipulate lighting without having any lights was so cool. I thought it was going to be a lot of like shooting uh, day for night, which mm-hmm. is where you shoot in the middle of the day and then you, in the, the edit and the color grading process, you make it look like it's darker. Yeah. That's what I was expecting them to do. But and they did a ton of stuff with the phones and using like the, the screens on a phone to like be the key on their face, but also where they were pointing the light was also backlighting others. It was just... They, the actors were had to be heavily involved in the lighting process. Yeah, and they I'm, really did. I'm really curious to see, like, to see like what kind of learning like they had to do to be able to. Because I mean, you, you have to just act and react to things, but you also have to keep in mind, like, oh yeah, I'm also supposed to be lighting this other actress right. in this way, but I also have to be like hitting her over. I don't know. Well, like, so set design and wardrobe also had some points with the lighting. Mm-hmm. We had the neon necklaces. Yes. Uh, my favorite one, I think it was a racquetball court. Yeah, I thought it, that or like an indoor basketball court, some, something like something that. Something like yeah. that, where they had the emergency lights mm-hmm. illuminating this, you know, reflective white wall, and it just lit it like really eerily mm-hmm. for that quote unquote first town hall meeting. Yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah. The lighting and cinematography in this was just. Again, it was really simple, but was just, I don't know, incredible to look at. Yeah. I think that that's just A24 in general. And a lot of times it's just, it's it's a relatively small production house. And like, they did a lot with a little. Yeah. Um, speaking of, I couldn't find a budget for this movie. Really? Uh, it's A24, so it's relatively low. Um, but in 1300 theaters, it uh, has a $3.5 million gross. So that's not that's not terrible. Yeah, okay. uh, it's it's. I mean, it's beating out a lot of other movies that are coming out. Cough, uh, cough, bullet train. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, of per theater average, yeah. obviously bullet trains everywhere. So it's gonna have a lot more money coming in. But per yeah, theater, yeah. Uh, bodies, bodies, bodies is killing it. Um, yeah, and it's not showing any major signs of slowing down. Uh, I think once people find out that the trailers aren't exactly correct. It's like you were saying, that's going to hurt it the most, I think. Yes, no, 100%. Like, I'm curious to know if, like, you know, if this first intro is just a lot of people who were are more interested in the horror slasher aspect of it, um, and then we're going to get more people coming in. But, I don't know, I'm also questioning that because if you look at reception, uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic score has a 90%, the audience score is a 70%. Um, IMDb gave it a 6.6 and Letterboxd has a 3.8. So I, I do wonder if it's, you know, these horror fans went and saw it and they were disappointed that it's not what that was. Yeah. Uh, I was scrolling through some of the Rotten Tomatoes uh, reviews. And, mo- I mean, the critics, I mean, 90%, that's extremely positive. Uh, but one of the rotten, like in the negative reviews, mm-hmm. said, this is the worst slasher I've ever seen. They don't understand the genre. And it's like, well... I don't you, think you understood you this movie. Yeah. No, because it, it, initially when you asked me, I was like, we're going to go see a slasher. Like mm-hmm. I thought this is something you'd say for like an October, you know, sure. kind of viewing. And then on the write up there, we were talking about, you know, it being a, a satirical whodunit. I think that's how you put it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. How was that done? Yeah. So 
watching this movie and, and I mean, there were some slasher aspects like with sure. some of the mild gore, sure, like mild, mm-hmm. but like they really did nail it. Like I mentioned with the uh, sprinkling in of humor everywhere, even on those really dark moments where it's just chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And that's the thing. It's like, I really just, I can't tell if it's supposed to be humorous. Because there, there are some really serious scenes. Oh, yeah. Where they are screaming at each other. Like, they are f- fighting for their lives. But it's just it's just funny. Like, I almost wonder if it's, uh, like, a, what's it called? Like, The Room? Uh, Johnny Wiseau, where he made. Oh, my god. He gosh. spent all this money to make this amazing movie, and everyone saw it and laughed. Because they thought it was supposed to be a comedy. And it but, like, but it wasn't. Like, I almost oh, wonder if no. it's. I, I feel like it can't be. Uh, I mean. It was just—it was just too perfect to, to for that to be the case. I feel like it was supposed to get some laughs, and I think a lot of the jokes that were supposed to be jokes kind of fell flat for me. Yeah, which is, I don't know, it, yeah. There's just there's a lot going on in this movie. I would say that like the actors' abilities to uh, make the nonverbal scenes funny was really impressive. Elaborate on that. Elaborate on it. Yeah. Uh, that racquetball room scene again. Mm-hmm. That whole thing. It was supposed to be super serious, but like the older guy who was with them, <laughs> him chasing them around, thinking that they're just like messing with them. Yes. Is just perfect. Even though like they're all terrified for their lives, thinking this guy's about to kill him, and he just uh-huh. stole a knife away from this girl. Yeah. Well, and especially considering the fact that like he didn't have, he, he probably did think they were just like. Just messing around. Yeah, like it was up until the end. Yeah, like he's the older dude. Like you know, it would make sense to pick on him. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It was he's the one that stands out. Right. What What are your thoughts on on the ending? Because that's that's been relatively controversial. Uh, Some people are a little upset that it ended the way that it did. What are so the how do you feel about the whole movie? We were being thrown this like red herring of a guy who left the day before our main character arrived. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, you're pretty much led the whole movie to believe that this guy is the murderer. And him just showing up at the end being like, oh, man, what happened? Mm-hmm. That really did kind of fall flat. But then looking at their, like, deflated faces and them just being like, oh, man, we really messed up because they just found the TikTok. Right. <laughs> that that got me. Yeah. And them just realizing that, like, oh, they really messed up. Well, I, I, I even think this, the... The perfect, like, just the perfect line that just represents this movie is at the end when uh, Maria Bakalova's character just goes, "I have reception." <laughs> like that was that was her reaction to all of that was, "Oh, hey, you're here, and my phone works again." <laughs> cool. Everything's back to normal, I guess. Yeah, like they just are going to completely ignore the fact that they were I murdering each other all body. night, and that yeah, like. All these terrible things that they that just just happened, they witnessed, and the thing that she cared about most was the fact that her phone reception came back. Reception's back. I mean, I mean, her mom has like dementia or whatever, so I guess you know she had to go check on her. Yeah, I mean that was that was kind of a leading point for her character, mm-hmm. and that was the reason why she was lying a lot. I think it's because she had to like help her mom. Yeah, yeah. So she had to like she. I think she was doing all these things, but because of her mom, she had to stop doing that, but didn't want to seem like a loser. Right. He gets fired from her job and fails on a relationship. College. Yeah, you know. I think, I mean, that's a little extreme. 
It's not a not a healthy way to start a relationship. Never. I get. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, any any other any other thoughts on like on bodies, bodies, bodies? I think we got it because like with the comedy, the ending being the way it was, uh, the trailers. I think we covered at least how I feel about it and it being a good movie. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, I have one last thing I want to touch on. Sure. With this movie. So uh, this movie was directed by Helena Rain. Uh, stories by Kristen Rupenia and screenplay is by Sarah Delape. Uh, if you had to guess, how okay. old do you think that those three ladies are? Who? Uh, I mean, mid late twenties. They are in their late to early to mid forties. Really, yeah, late thirties, mid forties. Which is mind-blowing. Wow. Yes, that they were able to pull off something that is so Gen Z. It was very Gen Z. Uh, and not in, like, a goofy, we're going to make fun of this kind of way, right? Because, oh. like, I feel like in a lot of media now, the Gen Z-type character is always made, they're, they're always the laughing stock of the group or like the Tide Pod generation. Yes. Everything is just a massive joke. They don't care about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think this movie kind of like disproves that yeah. that theory. Um I mean sure you definitely have those those people in the world, but like it's it's not universal. Uh so yeah, I w- I was very shocked to hear that these are all like seasoned filmmakers. Yeah. Which explains why it was so well well done. Uh, the script uh, was pretty flawless. I can't think of a single thing in terms of the story that I would change. No, it was really good. It was, yeah. Story was great. Uh, dialogue was fantastic. And part of that is the delivery from the incredible cast. Uh, but yeah, just the fact that the direction from uh, Helena Rain is just like, it, it blows my mind that someone who is quote unquote out of touch with everything that's going on in this movie mm-hmm. is able to so accurately represent it yep. without making it, without glorifying it too much, but also without like shutting it down too much. If that makes any sense. It totally does. There, it's, it's the balance between mm-hmm. the two. So, and again, they did a great job with that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed with this movie. I highly recommend everyone go see it. Uh, if, if, don't let don't let the trailers fool you. No. It is not at all what you think it is. Uh, although the first maybe like 15, 20 minutes is a little uh, teen drama, like yeah, silliness. I mean, but what like kind of quote unquote slasher isn't? Sure, but it's not a slasher. But it's not a slasher. Just, just saying. Yeah, <laughs> but also it is. So yeah, we've been talking bodies, 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 uh, and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to dissect the kind of that last that last little talking point there, uh, how different generations are being represented in films, uh, particularly Gen Z, how Gen the evolution of Gen Z and and films, but also how other generations are being represented in their own films at different points in time. So we will be right back.
We are back. We're discussing Bodies, 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 the newest film from A24. Uh, so Nate, kind of teased it earlier. We're talking about generational sure. uh, things. Uh, and I, when, when I kind of had this idea, I, I, I saw some reviews and heard that like this this was like the the defining movie for Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And I knew this was what we wanted to talk about, and I immediately thought of you because of your background yeah. with with generational things. I don't, I don't know what the proper term for that is. Uh, I, so when I was in college, I did a, I did a general communication major and degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really liked the like marketing side of generational studies. Okay. Uh, because I liked being on the radio and being able to connect with certain groups differently throughout the day. Cause here are my, you know, say what it is ba- uh, baby boomers who are out there in lunch they're the retired generation so i was able to connect with them play them their music mm-hmm. continuing into that rush hour coming home here's your uh gen x and late millennials who are coming home from work i can connect more with them mm-hmm. whereas the hour before when school was letting out i was connecting with the late millennials and early gen z gotcha gotcha so so you were you know a thing or two about 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 these uh, different generations. I could literally talk hours about this fun made up thing that uh, capitalism has come up with to put uh-huh. us into another <laughs> box. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, we don't have hours. No, we don't. We have we have one of them. Sure. And we've already used up some of that time. Yes. So you're you're on the clock. I got it. But other than that, you can. So what questions do you have? Do you know what generation you're a part of? I'm. I, I'm I'm assuming I'm like Gen I'm Gen Z, right? I think so. So you, you're you might even be a part of what's called a. I feel like I'm in the middle between millennial and Gen Z. So that's a uh, I believe the term is like a second micro generation. Millennial. Zennial with a Z because there's oh, also Zennial. So there's also Zennials with an X, which is in between Gen X and millennials. That's not confusing. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's also what I am. I'm a zennial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 94. Do the math. I don't care. Um, <laughs> you got into that point. Uh, so like being able to watch this from both a millennial aspect, but also the Gen Z aspect mm-hmm. is really funny to me. Yes. Um, we we see the the whole like online personas and TikToks. We have a podcast represented and TikToks represented, uh, but their 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 speech as well. Mm-hmm. Like the the quick like quips and stuff that the uh, the zoomers as they're starting to be called yeah. have so it's really yeah. interesting to see what i mean i mean there's a lot of movies that are coming out right now mm-hmm. uh, not even movies I'll, I'll say i'll include tv in there too so we have like we have this uh we have not okay which is on hulu uh it's about a girl who goes on inst- on instagram or something uh and she pretends to be in paris to get followers yep. and then there's a terrorist attack in paris and she has to like yep. You know, pretend that she's going through a terrorist attack in Paris. Um, it's not that great, but you know, it is what it is. It is. What uh, it is. You have so that you have like Miss Marvel, where uh, it's compared to John Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not something that John Hughes would ever like. It, I mean, it is comparable to John Hughes, right, and yep. the teen drama, but it's very different from The Breakfast Club. Uh, I mean, TikTok is a massive aspect of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Th- we're even getting to a point now where we're name dropping things like TikTok and Instagram, as opposed to like making f- book face ones. or you know like yeah, yeah some random terrible fake version of it. It's great. Um, 
I remember the pair devices that they used to use on Nickelodeon. Yes, yeah, the pair phones. <laughs> I, I just feel like that would be so inconvenient for scrolling. It really like would. why? <laughs> how do you sense. read? I I don't know. I just I just want to know like how does that format format work? Like, do you just have? I, I don't know. But that's yeah. It's great. That's the thing that that's bothered me the most about those Nickelodeon shows was the the, the pear shaped phones just <laughs> derailed us. It would be it would even be just uncomfortable to hold. <laughs> <laughs> like anyway, I'm gonna stop trying to comprehend how that would work. Uh, so how do you f- like how have you noticed like a a shift in how Gen Z is being represented in movies? I mean, more so than I saw for millennials. I think that okay we. As millennials, we were kind of in, still in that box where we were told, hey, go to college, you get the four-year degree, you go sure. to work job. Whereas Gen Z, I'm going to start calling them Zoomers, it's just easier. Yeah, go where, for it. Where the Zoomers have started, uh, they were, they're the gener- first generation to maybe not be going to college, whereas they're starting their own businesses. Mm-hmm. So you can see some of these younger filmmakers and actors and actresses who are coming in with that fresh, fresh perspective. I mean, even some of the folks at my office who are younger, they're mm-hmm. coming in with a much different uh, mindset than those who are in upper management who are mostly Gen X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. You, you, you said like starting businesses, and that reminded me of last week's uh, episode where you talked about vengeance mm-hmm. um, and all of the girls in there. Uh, the oldest daughter wanted to be uh, move to New York and be a professional singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one wanted to be a filmmaker, and then the other girl just wanted to be a celebrity, uh, which... None of which need a degree. Yes. No. No, they do not. And they didn't. And yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting point that you make there. Like, uh, do you think it's, I don't know, do you think it's intentional that people are starting to make, like, these connections and starting to, like, tell stories and write characters this way? Or do you think it's just that people are figuring out... I mean, it's hard for, like, let's say a Gen X person mm-hmm. to comprehend not going to college yeah. or something like that when they've been taught that. So do you think that's something that is in the media is purposely trying to be represented or do you think it's just these older generations are adapting to a new way of life, I guess? I mean, that's possible, but mm-hmm. we're seeing a huge influx of younger workers or those who are trying to start their own business that are younger. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we have an issue where like the older generations are still working because we have longer health, like life expectancies. Mm -hmm. So it's harder for those younger generations to come into those workplaces when they would have been able to have a spot. Mm -hmm. So I think that we're seeing it in two ways. Yes. We're seeing the influence of media that's being seen and consumed. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest. TikTok isn't just for Gen Z or Gen Z. Yes, exactly. Zoomers. Uh, We have boomers and Gen X and millennials who are on TikTok, but they're seeing these trends set by the Zoomers. Right. So it's 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 almost like they've jumped ahead of Gen X and millennials in the trend setting and pop culture influence. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. especially with something like TikTok, which yes. is just designed to spread rapidly. Uh, there's only so many people it can spread to within yeah. a particular generation. Uh, how... We I mean we kind of we. I tried to like skirt around it last segment, but like, what are some of the big ways that like this movie represents Gen Z accurately? Because I think we could both say it was one of, if not the most accurate representation yes. 
of this generation I think that they, I've ever seen. I think the speech, uh, mm-hmm. we see, you know, the whole triggered, safe space. Uh, the, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You which, are being toxic right now. Speaking of which, I don't know if you caught it. The f- they have a secondary frame around the poster with, like, the scissors where it's, like, a cutout. Yes. And it says this is not a safe space. Does it really? Yes. It's great. I love that. That is awesome. Um, or like, I like another joke that I found just hilarious. It was, I think the character name was Emma. It was like, you are silencing me right now. And I was like, that is, oh th- that is the world we live in. <laughs> there was so many like moments where like, it's, it's almost like you see it coming straight out of a viral TikTok. Yeah. Of like people arguing on the streets. So yeah. Uh, I don't know. Going back to what we were just talking about last segment, do you think what you were saying before about how, uh, older generations are being influenced by gen z do you think that's why they were able to pull something off like this yeah 100 percent. being an older generation like yeah it's entirely possible i mean it's we've seen actors and actresses for generations uh trying to quote unquote pick on the smaller guy Mm -hmm. i mean we see it right now on big tv with how they're kind of like bashing youtube and how youtube and instagram are bashing tiktok it's always picking on the quote unquote smaller one. Mm-hmm. So doing a satirical whodunit as Gen Zers and how they would react to the situation after watching them grow up on, you know, playing games like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies and mm-hmm. Among Us. Yeah. I mean, it's it's entirely possible that these older people can just sit back and watch. Yeah. And see. And I almost wonder what it would be like for an older person, like someone who grew up with a screen. I feel like that, I feel like that's the closest comparison you can make. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I don't think anyone in a Scream movie picks up a sword and says, I'm going to defend myself. There's a murderer on the loose. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, <laughs> that doesn't happen in, in a Scream movie. Zoomers are very independent. It's, yes. It's great. So seeing that kind of represent, represented uh, is really cool. Again, that racquetball court, basketball court scene that I keep bringing up because I really did like it. It's pretty early in the movie, I'd say, but it was, mm-hmm. it was a really good scene. Like, they all have knives. Mm-hmm. They all try to stop each other from having those knives. And then somebody has one that somebody doesn't know about. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I also loved right. The opening sequence. I think that's the, I mean, right, right. At the start, you want to have some sort of state, like mm-hmm. you've writing an essay, you have like your, uh, what's the word? The header or the, no, the not hook? the header. You have like a hook, but then you have like the, the sentence that like is about like what the whole rest of the essay is going to be. Is this where I tell you I failed English? <laughs> I didn't go to college, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever that thing is called, you know, like the 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 the, the mm-hmm. main sentence that's supposed to tell you about the rest of the essay, like the statement piece. Uh, like I thought, you know, you have like these two girls are in a relationship. One says I love you, and it's all like you know, there's entry because the one's like uh, yeah cool cool um and then get in the car and the first thing they do is they both just get on their phones and start texting uh i thought was just like that's the perfect representation of what this movie is is like sure we have a very physical connection like i don't know like there's a physical connection like we have like right now but then there's like the physical connection they were having in the woods by themselves um like there was that extreme and then the other extreme of we're connected via the internet. Yeah. And, and even th- the whole big like drama at the start is that, uh, a manless Stenberg's character didn't p- 
post in the group chat that she was coming. Yeah. Like, that is how they were communicating was, oh, we didn't post in the group chat. I'm like, oh, I swear I said something in the group chat. Like, it was all about the group chat. There was no, there was no. So typical. Yeah, there was no, like, actual conversation between anyone. It was just a quick text. Yeah. Well, even even in, as they get into the house, they're still posting in, like, the group chat, aren't they? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're still texting and they're still scrolling through social media. They're okay, making so TikToks. Up until the power goes out. Up until the power goes out. Yeah. And I like how that was the immediately the first concern was, oh, I don't have cell reception. Yep. And no one was concerned about the fact that they have no power in the middle of a massive hurricane. Mm-hmm. It was... Oh no! no I, I can't. I can't scroll through Instagram anymore. Yeah. Or I can't get a text message anymore. Like. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. It's. I don't know. Do you do you think that that's Gen Z getting immature, or do you think, or do you think that's just like a funny bit? I think. I think that's the funny bit where you get to when you're doing comedy. You always want to take it a little bit further. Sure. You know, it's a character. Character. There's a word for it. And I'm, Development. No, the character arc. Wow, I'm really stumbling on this one. You know, like when they're on the street and they're like painting the pictures. It's a character, a caricature, a caricature. So the okay. the, the whole like being concerned about uh, scrolling once the power goes out and they lose cell service is a caricature of Zoomers. It's a little bit of a push. Sure, sure, okay. Because not that's all, a, that's a good metaphor. Yeah, it's it's a generalization, mm-hmm. and then hype it up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't, I don't know. I feel like that situation 100 percent does happen. Where their first concern is like mm-hmm. their phones don't work, but but the loudest in the groups, uh, the loudest in the group are heard. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I know, we're saying this is the best, the best representation of Gen Z mm-hmm. on on the screen specifically. Yeah. Uh, what are can you think of any examples of ways that they've been misrepresented in other other media's? Not other media, just up until this point, like let's say the past ten years. Like, sure. what are other movies, TV shows, or even just like literally any movie that has a quote unquote Zoomer or Gen Alpha or the quote unquote like generation? Mm-hmm. Uh, they always have an iPad in hand. Okay, like you see it all. Like, I mean, referencing Disney, you see Wreck It Ralph. Mm-hmm. You see the kid in the back seat with their little iPad, mm-hmm. and then you go to Marvel. And Peter Parker in Civil War, where he's like making these, uh, he's talking about like really famous movies that any millennial, Gen X, or Baby Boomer would know. Yes. And he's like, that one old movie. Yes. Come on. That that might be one of like my biggest pet peeves with the MCU is like, there is no way that, that Peter Parker. Doesn't know about Star Wars. Who, who he and his best friend are building a Lego Death Star. A very at the time, like the the cream of the crop Lego set. Yeah. There's no way that he didn't know that it was called Empire Strikes Back, exactly, or that he would really call it like a really old movie, right? I mean, that movie came out in the 70s. It's not it's not old. that old. I mean, it's okay. it's. I mean, that's almost 50 years. Don't do that to me. We're, we're coming up on it. It's not like you watched it in the theaters. No, I didn't. <laughs> but I watched episode one in the theaters. Well, you still got some time. That came out in the nineties, okay. so so we still <laughs> we still got we still got some time to get there. So I got a quick question for you. I've actually. got an answer. Did you notice all of the Chekhov's guns in the movie? No. And do you, do you know what I mean by Chekhov's gun? No. So it's a it's an old writing prompt that if you okay. mention a gun on the mantel place, it has to be used within three, three chapters to be be relevant. 
Okay. And if it's not, then you get rid of it. It's not relevant. Okay. So there was a bunch of those within the movie. Um, when she went, when V or B? Uh, B, I think. And she went back out to the car and she left the uh, mm-hmm. lights on. I was like, oh, well, the car's going to die and they're not going to be able to escape. Right. Um, she also, when she was kind of banished from the house, she found the, she found the uh, matching undergarments to the ones that she had seen in the house. Mm-hmm. It's knowing that like when that's been now brought up that we know that her girlfriend is cheating. Right. Um, we also see the, the scabbard in the very beginning when they're doing the sabering of the champagne glass. Mm-hmm. And then that ends up being the murder weapon. Yes. Shortly afterwards. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, so the whole time I was like, up, 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 here's what's going to happen. And it's really cool to see. Yeah. Again, like these are very old tropes. It's, oh yeah. It's really not that no, nothing about it is new. I almost want to say it's, it's the combination. Yeah. That, of, it's of the things. old and the new. Right, and it combined. And maybe that's why it works so well, having... I keep saying older, you know, director, writers. They're not old, but in in the context, in terms of generation, there there's a generational gap. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, this director could be some of these kids' mm-hmm. mom. Like... Yeah. I mean, it would be... Like it, a, it's interesting to see, like, how we have a old trope of like the whodunit mm-hmm. slasher movie that's been put into a box and hyped again, that uh, caricature. And then mm-hmm. we have the zoomer cast who's been put into a box, hyped up and character caricatured mm-hmm. and you put them together and now it's the best of the zoomers. And, in, and so, it works. Yeah. It no, works really great. well. It's kind of like what we're seeing in pop culture, those trends set by the zoomers and then we have millennials or Gen X capitalizing on them. Mm-hmm. So it's just really interesting. That is interesting. So our, our I don't know, I want to say viewership, our listenership, I mm-hmm. guess, because it's a podcast. Uh, we have kind of, it's, it's kind of split. We have like half are like Zoomers mm-hmm. and the other half are like Gen X. Right. So I feel like it's only fair that we talk about some of these other generations. Let's do it. And like how... How 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 they evolved throughout uh, movies and TV. Yeah, throughout movies and TV. Sweet. So millennials come. No, Gen X comes first, right? Gen X is before millennials. Okay. Yeah. Fun so, fact: Millennials are also Gen Y. We were given the nickname millennials. Wow. That's. I mean, that would explain why we why we skip out on Gen like, Y. Yeah, it just goes from X to Z. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like Z because of Zoomers or something, but I guess I, I, I just love the Zoomer tag because they're the ones who came up with the OK Boomer. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so I just thought it was funny. That makes sense. So I feel like the the defining movies of of Gen X mm-hmm. is is John Hughes. Sure. Uh, I mean, Breakfast Club. I feel like I feel like the Breakfast Club is See, that's mine. Is is really? Yeah. Do so you think Breakfast Club is the the defining movie for millennials? Not for millennials, for Gen X. Oh, for Gen X. Oh, so you're saying you agree with me then? Yeah. Okay. I thought you were disagreeing with me. I think I caught got caught up in the conversation. Okay. So I'm going to say the Breakfast Club is like the is this is bodies bodies bodies. What bodies 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 is to Gen Z, yes. the Breakfast Club is to Gen X. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Um. Why? Why? Explain it to me. 
it's it's the again that it's that older element mixed with that fresher quote unquote younger cast, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's two generations maybe seeing eye tie in a small way. Sure. So I mean, what what would define Gen X in their movies? I mean, just scrolling through like a list, we have do the right thing, Slacker, Heather's train spotting with human Gregor. Uh, like what are some of the things that like make that Gen X? Like why is. So Gen X is known for having a rebellious streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's the kind of early rock and or late metal, early, early metal, late rock and roll phase. And okay. So they were the ones to kind of be like, ah, is the government really like the uh, greatest idea, but they were shut down by the baby boomers who have great nationalism Sure. Stuff. So to see uh, younger adults who are pushing away from uh, leading societies in a way, those mm-hmm. ones who are trying to break away from the rules and live the lives that they've always wanted to. Yeah. That's what makes a great Gen X movie. Gotcha. Okay. So that, that, that's interesting. I'm starting to put the pieces together um, on my end mm-hmm. and, and seeing the shifts between them as I'm, Mm-hmm. kind of looking ahead so i mean just for context because i don't know gen x like what what kind of age group is that so the youngest gen x can be in the 80s it's, it's 1980 okay is when the kind of cutoff point is um before that i think it's i want to say it's 71 72 gotcha uh, if I'm if my memory's serving correct, okay, uh, they're the ones who saw like Berlin Wall fall. Gotcha. Their their Berlin Wall is millennials nine eleven. Gotcha. Okay. So, so yeah. So if Gen X is like kind of starting to, I don't know. Would you say gain individuality is? I think we're finally seeing Gen X take a stand, mm-hmm. uh, which is really interesting. They did a great job. I think they're the ones who are succeeding in the pandemic almost is a weird way to put it. Okay. Whereas you see millennials and zoomers really struggling. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Gen X was the ones who were finally able to pursue their hobbies. They had the money, the dispendable money to do Mm -hmm. it. They had kids at home that could, you know, different entertainment values and stuff like that. But also like being able to actually be a family person, Mm -hmm. a nine to five work society. Yeah. Um, So like being able to like connect with their families more, pursuing their hobbies and maybe that little bit of a separate separation from their parents, sure. I think is what made them better in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on to millennials, sure. This is like post eighties yes. to mid nineties, mid nineties, yeah, okay, mid late nineties. Uh, I would say one of the defining movies is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yeah, that's and a really I good mean, movie. and I, th- I think there's there's a lot of them that I I could think of. Yeah, uh, but I, I think Perks being a wallflower is a pretty good one. It's pretty uh, great now that you mention it. Yeah, yeah. You you gave me another one when I pitched this this podcast idea to you that I thought was also pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Can you remind me? I forgot. <laughs> you told me it was Mean Girls. Mean Girls is amazing. Yes. Yeah. No, Mean Girls had the the drama that was going on in schools at the time. Mm-hmm. The whole click society. Uh, man, Mean Girls is, we wear pink on Wednesdays. Of course. Is butter a carb? <laughs> uh, I don't know. And, and just going through these lists, uh, I'm not coming up with these lists. These are things I found on the internet. Uh, I mean, the, some of the movies on this, on these lists, I mean, the last one 
I feel like are kind of generally the same. And maybe that's just me saying these are eighties movies. Um, but like, I feel like have these, this list has much more variety. Yeah. Uh, cause you have super bad, which is great. Very, very off. You have Juno, yeah. uh, 21 jump street, uh, neighbors. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. We've got a, a Michael Sarah theme going on on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, the social network is a big one. It's very, uh, 500 days of summer, black swan and the duff. Uh, I want to talk about social network really quick. Sure. Cause that's like one of the great objectively, one of the greatest movies of all time. Okay. I, I mean, I say that like top, like top two fifty. like okay. there's a lot of movies out there. So I feel like that that's a fair range to that's put fair. like the greatest. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How do you like, how does something like that, like that? I feel like that's all about literally all about social media, like the creation of social media. Like we went from the social network to something like bodies, bodies, bodies. Right. Yeah. Like how, how does that happen? Yes. Honestly, uh, and within, the, cause social network's not even that old. Like it's no, came out, came out 2010. The social net, the social network could have also been very easily a comedy about absolutely about friends who got together and made a social media. And then one of them, you know, mm-hmm. decides, well, you can't be in it anymore. Right. Meh. It, it sounds a lot like Mean Girls. Exactly. <laughs> it could. There's a trend. It, it could have been. I'm putting the pieces together, Nate. But here's here's the thing. Millennials are very sarcastic and sometimes often referred to as gloomy. They don't want to go to work, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Gen Z has been very uh, eager to take tragedy and turn it into comedy. Uh, they literally okay. flip the coin on theater. Yeah. Um, where I mean, we'll see. We see bad things happen on the internet. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm trying not to get political, but we see like political things happen, but yet they're still making memes on TikTok about it. Yes. World War Three is, is we're on the verge of World War Three. World War III is on the way. It's trending, not because nukes might be launched, but because of all the memes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I feel like we're Gen Z is very much getting like desensitized. It really to, is. To a lot of things. Uh, I don't know, but from we got distracted from this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what? What? What defines a, a a millennial movie? What defines a millennial? Yeah, like movie? what? Like yeah, like we did with Gen Z. Like what makes Mean Girls and Super Bad? And I think it's coming to terms with an issue. Okay. Uh, we see millennials have to deal with you know the whole like honestly, I feel like almost like being the baby because you have the boomers mm-hmm. who are the older siblings, Gen X who's the middle forgotten child. Sorry for any middle children out there. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but, and then you have millennials who are kind of like the baby. And so okay. they're always having, they've been babied their whole lives. And as they become into an adulthood, like, well, why isn't it, why isn't life fair? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of, I think, great millennial movies are taking those quote unquote problems that you see in normal day life. And again, putting it in a box, hyping it up, and characterizing it, uh, to then, like okay so now this small problem is a little bit bigger how do you come to terms with that yeah absolutely and i feel like i mean take that to the extreme mm-hmm. like black swan was on this list yep. uh whiplash i think would also fit in here i wish so, i put my whiplash poster up i wish i had thought of it this far black ahead. swan bad roommate uh-huh uh social net social network i'm having trouble with my S's. social network yeah i'm having yep. <laughs> trouble with my s's today apparently um it's Starting a company with your friend. Mm-hmm. Perks of a Wallflower is moving. I mean, yeah. Is, is, yeah. It, I don't know. Would you say like 
how would you, if you could put that in one word or like one, one phrase, what would you say is like the defining? Yeah. I think it's that coming to terms with. Okay. Okay. Coming to terms with an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a word for that? I'm sure there is. Probably. I don't know. We're uneducated. We didn't. We didn't do anything. You didn't uh, go to college. I didn't go to college. And I failed English. You failed English. <laughs> My vocabulary is uh, terrible. Yeah. So clearly, we are. Uh, <laughs> we're the right people to ask about these kind kinds of things. Uh, so Nate, I mean, so yeah. So that's that's Gen X millennials. Yeah. The, I mean, this is obviously like this. We're we're seeing. I would even. I would just say like this year in particular, we're kind of seeing the the shift into like. Mm-hmm. Seeing the defining characteristics of Gen Z, are there any other like former like five years like five years ago and be like before that where you would say Gen Z was like oh this is kind of a Gen Z movie or is that or is this are we just now getting to a point where we can have that just at the starting point of it gotcha you, you are just seeing the first emergences of like maybe Gen Z movies mm-hmm. and I think there's a whole bunch more to come. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna see a Gen Alpha movie, mm-hmm. which is the generation after the Zoomers. Which okay, is the like generation. Okay, they've never grown up without social media. Can't imagine. It's wild. Mm-hmm. So until the, until that generation is in the workforce, because right now I think like the oldest Alpha is like maybe ten. Yeah. Uh, so until they get into the workforce and they start individualizing and becoming actual people. Mm-hmm. we're not going to see it. So I think we're just at the beginning of the uh, Zoomer movie empire. Era. Empire. Empire, I like that. Empire's it makes much me feel better, better for the Zoomers. Myself. <laughs> the, Zoomer, the Zoomers will take over this movie business. We see them already doing it on TikTok and YouTube, Instagram yes. Reels. They are the ones who are pushing the entertainment for their generation. Mm-hmm. And, it, and if they get a hold of a movie budget instead of just the... Oh, here's like 200 bucks. Make a video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Oh, they'll, they'll take it and run. Yes. So, uh, final question for you. Sure. Uh, we, so there's, there's trends with these generations, mm-hmm. pretty obvious trends. Um, even if, I mean, you can just definitely, I mean, as to, I'm, just, I'm pulling, I'm putting all the pieces together. Like as you're talking, like, Oh, this all makes a ton of sense. I understand this. Um, do those trends carry on throughout time? Like if there's a movie, made by Gen X about Gen X people about being on a 40 year old version. It's yeah. the first thing that comes to mind. Sure. Like are movies like that where these, these people are growing and like are developing, are we seeing the same trends throughout time or are those trends evolving and shifting? Hmm. I think, I think evolving and shifting is better. Okay. And here's why. Um, just like how I was saying with like, uh, making a caricature of a certain aspect of that generation. Um, generations themselves mm-hmm. are just caricatures of sure, yeah, hundreds of thousands of millions of people, yeah, possibly within one generation. There's also different cultural influences. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are political influences. There are the influences from your family or religious or spiritual ones. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, We'll have a somewhat focus. Okay. But I do think that just because a person is listed as, as listed as a Zoomer 
doesn't mean that they're going to act more like a Gen X because of who their parents were or the situation that they were raised in. Right. So I still think we'll get those movies that will come in with those kind of same ideas, but I think it's going to fuse more with the time that's going with it. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Like generations are just generalizations. Yep. Uh, I don't know. That sounded great. That sounded like that really, that really, that really, that really flowed off off the tongue. That's the title of this episode. Generations are generalizations. Nate, do you have any final thoughts on generations, bodies, 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 anything at all? If this is the start of that Zoomer empire that we talked about, Mm -hmm. I am so excited to see more. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why? 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 Because it's, hilarious (laughs) (laughs) hilarious <laughs> <laughs> the the comedy and tra- the tragedy and comedy coins that uh were used in theater so those faces that you yeah. see mm-hmm. um i think combining them is a zoomer special that okay. i would like to order every time okay <laughs> that was that was a perfect metaphor to end it on i can't i can't top that uh <laughs> yeah we're, we're we're just gonna call it right there nate where can people find you on the internet where can people find me on the if internet? If you want them to find you on the internet. Um, Just in case you said something dumb and they want to scream at you. Man, uh, I don't really have one. I have a TikTok if you want to go watch that. Okay. I think it's Natemon131. Natemon131. Yeah. Okay. If it's not on YouTube, I, I, I will put it in the show notes and I will uh, sure. I will correct it so people can uh, scream at you appropriately. Please do. Um, You've been listening to The Popcorn Hanger. We've been talking about bodies, bodies, bodies. My name is Alex. That is Nate. Uh, let us know what your thoughts were on bodies, 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 and what it, were you connecting dots about generations like I was, or is this all news to you? Uh, let us know over on all the social medias, Instagram, TikTok, and also on our Patreon, patreon.com slash popcorn hangover, where you can get our bonus show, the parking lot talk, and also exclusive versions of the show. Nate, it's been fun having you on. Thanks man for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, we will talk to you next time.